You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having straightforward, honest, we we go where you want to go conversations, because the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation helps set the stage for wherever, whatever, however we may go with this whole topic of marriage. It's quite fluid. And sex, and this is listener-driven yeah. radio. And so because of that fact, we, we say thank you to the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation for calling in and emailing in regularly with your questions and your topics and your ideas. Yeah, there's been a lot of good uh, emails coming in lately. Looking forward to the coming weeks. And, and if you want to jump in to help frame this conversation, 214-702-9565 is how you can do that with the voicemail line. Or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is how you can do that with the email mm-hmm. route. Uh, because everything that comes in, um, we do try to answer the things offline or they become in the queue for topics. Um, it really just helps us as the hosts here, alongside my wife Pam as always, mm-hmm. to um, speak into what helps you right. as, as members of the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. Because we want marriage to be fantastic for you and yours this holiday season and then beyond. Um, But as we get into today's episode, um, I'm really excited about the content today. Yeah, Uh, you are. And it's the holiday season. So we're going to give you the whole show for free today, uh, right? Yes, we are. Everybody gets the extended content today. Uh, Yes, we are. Um, So more on that in just a moment. Great tease, oh, Pamela. Oh, I jumped into it too Perfect, early. Perfect, though. I need to take care of a little bit of technical side first. Okay. Um, because I've mentioned before that we've had uh, different issues going on with the back end of Sexy Marriage Radio um, and just some of the little technical nuances that have been going on with the feed or um, some of the different parts of the code within the website. And so over the last month, we've been building a whole new site. And the plan is, is this thing goes live Monday, the 16th of December. Yes. And so go check out the new website after Monday. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully. So all that is to say, well, next time we're on the air, we'll give you an update on where everything stands. But, um, all that is to say, Sunday, Monday, there could be some issues uh, that you might see uh, little pings coming on your feed or in your inbox or some different things as things move from one server to another and new code takes over old. And there's just different things and nuances that'll come up. And so sure. I just want to let everybody in the Sexy Marriage Radio know, Nation know that, hey, if things double up for the short term, I apologize ahead of time, but it'll all clear itself up and we're going to have a brand new a uh, nice and shiny uh, place that everything's going to be taking place from on the web. So excited for that. I'm very excited about that. And then as my wife just teased, um, today's guest is Gary Thomas, author of 20 books, one of which is Sacred Marriage, which is a fantastic read. But also on for today's episode, he has a new one that just came out called When to Walk Away. Mm-hmm. And this content is such value that for everybody that that's why we're going to just let everybody have this the whole show. Right. We wanted everybody to to hear what he has to say about this whole thing. So right. So today's um, episode as a Christmas gift from us to you, <laughs> I guess there you, you go. could Merry say. Christmas. Um, if you're not a normal extended content listener, uh, you're going to get the whole show this time. Because it's it's that good a content. Yeah, it's so worth listening to. And so coming up on today's both versions of Sexy Marriage Radio is Gary Thomas, as I just mentioned, in, mm-hmm. in a conversation that I got to have with him on his new book, um, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. And we're hoping that you enjoy it. And so if you want a little get, get even more information about him or... The extended content in the future, go to smrnation.com and you can join the Academy or the Extended and get even more 
they will help you. Mm-hmm. So all that's coming up on today's show. Well, joining me today for Sexy Marriage Radio um, is a guest I'm excited to talk to. It's one who's been on my radar for a long time because, I mean, lo and behold, Gary, you've got over tw- you got 20 books or so out there. So it's not like you're you're new to the writing world. <laughs> and I've read several, uh, but you've got a new one coming out, uh, When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom, or it's actually it's out. Let me recatch that one. When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. And that's where I want to land with you, Gary. So Gary Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Corey. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we're finally getting to connect because even just the prep we were talking before I hit record, um, we got a lot of overlap in the way we think. It it seems. I think so. <laughs> so I think so. From what I've heard. Yeah. So this this could be a fun conversation. But um, give me the culmination of how this work this this last book that you've got out right now came to be to start. Let's start with that, and then we'll go deeper into it. Well, it was forged out of my ignorance, my naivete, <laughs> and my own struggles, and a friend kind of pulling me out. Okay. Uh, I was naive as they come in the sense that I thought I had this idealized view of life and ministry, that if I was surrendered to the Lord, walking in obedience, listening to scriptures, trying to hear God's voice, mm-hmm. that all these encounters I would have, people would be, you know— wonderfully transformed, overcome by logic, the spirit of God, <laughs> whatever. Right. And, and so when that didn't occur, uh, I would think, well, where did I go wrong? Did I not speak in love? Did I not speak the truth? Okay. Was I not hearing God? Was I not sensing the, the spirit correctly? And so then when I was in a, a, a dealing with what I believe is a, a very toxic person where I was being lied about, and then found out there'd been a long campaign against me. Okay. Where I'd only spoken well of this person. I, I didn't understand what it would be. Knew I might have to interact with them in the future. And so I have a, a friend who reminds me somewhat of you, Corey. He's been a marriage and family therapist for 35 years. Knows scripture. Loves God. And so I just interact. I don't know what to say. Do I confront him with what I know? And he really surprises me many times. He's very much surprised me this time. He says, Gary, my recommendation is you not engage him at all. Okay. And I, why, why would you say that? Right. And then he said, go to the book of Luke. Count how many times Jesus walked away from someone after an encounter or let someone walk away from him, and he didn't chase after him. Okay. And, and Corey, I'm not – I know I'm speaking to a counselor here. I'm not clinically OCD but I live in the neighborhood right next door to it. And so <laughs> same zip code. Yep. Yes. So if a counselor says, go to the book of Luke, I've got to go to all four gospels. <laughs> I counted 41 citations. Okay. Where Jesus had an account. Now some of those refer to the same incidents. Yes. They're not all toxic encounters. Right. I realized how blinded I was to the reality that we have to play defense in life. It's not all offense. Yeah. There are some people who are out to hurt us. Absolutely. And any interaction with them that we do, they'll use as ammunition, not for reconciliation, not to seek understanding, not for relationship, but to tear down, to hurt us. They get yeah. a satisfaction out of tearing people down. And those, I think, I'm, I'm speaking as a Christian, that I think the Bible gives us not just permission, but commands to stay away from those kind of people. That was completely new to me. Yeah, well, and it's also not something that we you don't hear talked about. I mean, that's that's kind of what hit you, right? It's this idea right. of, whoa, hold on. There's another possibility. There's another right. option. I don't have to just serve, 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 serve till there is nothing left. Right. And right. that's, oh, I love that. And that's, that's, that's really why I was reaching out to you for this is because— the framework you've got with this work um, really puts it together well. I mean, several of the things I've read of yours, particularly sacred marriage, uh, put it to, put together the concept of what's going on really well. And I even mentioned to you earlier when I first read Sacred Marriage, I was a little <laughs> mad at you because it was I was like, oh, someone got to the idea first. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's still just seeing it as. Okay, there's something else we can do that is empowering to ourselves. And so 
you mentioned it at the beginning, and it's even in the subtitle of how to find freedom from toxic people. We got to start there with defining that word because yes. I can hear, and I imagine this is a fear of yours. I can hear people will take something. Oh, now I got permission. Now, oh, right. because I can label it this way. And, and so, yeah. how do you define that? Let's start with that. Well, and that's a challenge because it takes me three chapters <laughs> and some sub chapters to get through it. But sure. I would go back to what I said before uh, 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 all toxic people are difficult. But not all difficult people are toxic. Well stated. Some some difficult people are wounded. They're hurt. Yep. They're obnoxious. They might disagree. They might be forceful. They might be very different from me. Yep. I have more of a quiet, let's get along personality. And it'd be easy for me to describe somebody who's forceful as toxic because they threaten me. Right. But that but that's being narcissistic, right? So um, a toxic person is someone who really basically wants to hurt you. They want to undercut you. They get satisfaction from conflict. They don't want to resolve conflict. They want to foster it. It okay. makes them come alive. I, so three, I, I get three it. Categories I use in in the book, and they're not not every toxic person is one of these, but they tend to be controlling. Mm -hmm. I will get you to do what I want you to do, whether I pretend to be your friend, whether I intimidate you, whether I threaten you as an enemy, whether I gossip about you to bring others to coerce you. You will do what I want you to do. I believe that's evil yep. to try to control someone. Yep. They, they often have a murderous spirit, and that seems melodramatic. My <laughs> wife warns me about that. But, but I'm using it in a metaphorical sense. Yep. If you look at someone who's destroyed – the office environment, mm -hmm. who's destroyed your peace, they've murdered your joy, they've murdered your confidence, they murder churches, they they murder family gatherings, and they seem to enjoy that. Right. That's a toxic individual. Yeah. They, they would be bored in a healthy office environment where people are working together to get their work done. To them, that's boring. Yeah. A, a healthy marriage of encouraging each other, that's boring. They want something else that that's sick. Yeah, and then the third thing I say is loving hate. Um, you know, again, yeah. I'm I, I'm writing as a Christian here, and I don't. If, it's okay to get into a lot of scripture. Please go. Yeah, but, yeah, go there. But I use the book of Colossians where Paul says, "This is what a healthy person does, and this is what a toxic person does." Not using toxic as a label, but I think it's fair. Yeah. But he describes toxic people as those who are filled with anger, rage, malice, slander. Filthy language and lying. Mm -hmm. They're the most energetic when they're angry. Right. They're the most creative when they're lying. Right. They use filthy language to tear people down. They have malice. They ill will. I want to hurt you. I want to destroy what you're doing. Um, and then the positive, what, what we should be modeled in Christ is compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and love. Mm -hmm. Now, all of us can act in a toxic way. Absolutely. If trying to control me, I'm tempted to become controlling yep. back. But the difference for a toxic person is they feel at home. It's yeah. the coat they want to wear. Yeah. They feel comfortable. And, and it's who they are. Those are the people I found interacting with them. Just It never results in reconciliation. Yeah. It just wastes my time and threatens my integrity and uh, – it lets them play their sick game. Yeah, I so there, there's two two things that come to my mind listening to that de those definitions, Gary. And the first one is a marker of after an interaction or an exchange or a day at work or a visit home or you know because this is not just who we live with. This is who we live among, right. right? So it's it's almost like if I if I find myself repeatedly after leaving a situation that might be toxic, and I'm asking myself. Why do I always get into that kind of situation? Why does this always happen there? I mean, to me, that's almost like a little bit of a warning of, eh, I might need to go a little deeper to look right. at what are the components of the people that are involved? Because I also yes. love the framework you're talking about of that all of us are capable of toxic behaviors, but that doesn't necessarily label us as toxic because it would seem like the person that has exhibits some of those behaviors where we rage or we're anger or we are controlling for about about some aspect, but we recognize it and we have some repentance and remorse and 
And so, you know what? I, I need to do better on that. You're right. And because I, the way you're framing toxic to me, um, I love the dark side of people uh, when it comes to the clin- clinical side of the work. And then we talk about it on, on the show at times of going to the dark side in marriage because there is an element of normal marital sadism that happens among us. <laughs> and uh-huh. I almost hear toxic equals sadist, <laughs> that you, you, you enjoy the demise of others. That's yes. toxic. I mean, that's, that's cruel. That's evil. Right. Exactly. I mean, through and through. Okay. So if you're talking about toxic now, as this applies to when we, you know, when, with the relationships that we have, I want to do this kind of, I guess, almost concentric circles, like a bullseye, but let's start outer and go in almost like mountain climbing, you know, cause I can already hear some of the members of the sexy marriage radio nation going, Oh, I think I sleep with a toxic person. Right. Yeah. I don't want to go there yet because, <laughs> right. because I think, my hunch would be your counsel is going to be a little different depending on situation because that's what mine would be too of like, all right, context is king. So how do you start this if you're recognizing it with friends, coworkers, neighbors, the guy on the bus, you know, just some of the easier quote unquote levels. Right. Here's the grid I want to use. I want to be a person because I believe it's what God calls me to be of compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience and love. Mm -hmm. But if I'm interacting with someone who haunts me when I'm no longer with them and I'm trying to understand the crazy, because toxic people are also masters at gaslighting, making you feel crazy for speaking the truth. If I have no peace, if my blood pressure is going to go up, if I see they've responded to something online or I get a text message, I I get ready, kind of flinch before I even see it. That tells me this is not a productive relationship. That's not healthy right. to engage in that. But but it is by degree. My wife had been trying to get me to go on an elimination diet for years. Yours I too? Finally did. Yeah, yours I too? Did. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and, and, and listeners probably know, but if they don't, the idea is you get these blood tests. The doctor tells you, well, this is causing inflammation. And so you avoid those food for three weeks and then slowly reintroduce yep. them. And – the question is, how sick do you have to let something make you? Your arthritis flares up, sinuses, you yep. get foggy brain. Yep. Before you say, I just shouldn't eat this anymore. Other people can eat this food. Right. It's just not healthy for me. Right. And so with, I, I'm not qualified. I don't have your credentials, Corey. And this is where my friend that said it, he goes, Gary, you don't have a PhD. And he goes, you would never be able to do a root canal. Even though you really care about something, if they're really hurting, right. you wouldn't even try to do it. He goes, you don't know the labels. Is this person acting in a narcissistic way or is it a classic narcissist? Is she bipolar or is she just different or weird? And he says, so you don't have to do that. It's just like the foods. It's not poisonous, but it's making me sick. If this relationship is keeping me from healthy relationships and the work that I believe God has called me to do – then I think it's like avoiding the toxic foods. I'm just going to say, I don't have to label you, but it's not healthy for us to interact. Yeah. It's, you and I come together. It's not working. So let's just go our ways. And look, any healthy person, and, and I think if I said this to you, Corey, look, it, it, we do this. Let's yeah. just let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. And healthy person says, yeah, that makes sense. I get you. Yeah, I get you. I the mean- toxic person – you're on their list, right? They're going to do a blog post about you. They're going to do a program. They're going to bring in other people who will agree with them right. that the problem is me. Right. And and the more you try to defend yourself, you're playing their game. It's a waste of time. Okay. So, so I, I go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, at at the risk of opening up something, and I'm not. I'm just going to do it because of the comedic value of this. But what you're <laughs> describing with that is the political system going on in America right now. Of it's so polarized, and everything is a threat. But if you think about it, that's almost the way we become a society. That you're you're talking about. We feed off of each other rather than let's be adults about this and realize. Hold on, what's really going on? Because I think that gives you a better litmus test of. What's really going on in my relationships? Because I love the framework of, you know what? It's not healthy for me in this in this environment. And so I'm going to remove myself. And if they go crazy over that, that's great data <laughs> to know yes. that was the right choice. <laughs> and if yeah. they and if all of a sudden maybe that wakes them up and they 
adjust some things. Maybe they were just in a bad situation and that causes enough change that then they get their act together, start standing up, dealing with life better. And now lo and behold, you both have a better relationship because you're both better. What what's helped me, Corey, is writing about this makes me not want to be toxic. Sure. And and the freedom I got because I found you mentioned the political aspect. I, we won't get into specifics, but what's astonished me very recently having a conversation with someone where I'm stating facts, right? And they're stating why those facts don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, when you disagree over facts, you're right. not going to come. No, conclusion. no, you're not. And so where I found a way to get out of that, controlling is a sign of toxicity. Uh, the, the God I worship is, to me, astonishingly uncontrolling, even though I believe Absolutely. he's always right. Absolutely. And if he forced me to do what he wanted me to do, I think in my limited mind, I think I might be better off. Right. But in the Old Testament, I go by God says through Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. Yep. The example of Jesus walking away from people, even people that he loved, Mm -hmm. with the rich young ruler, it said he loved him. Jesus looked at him and loved him. So he cared about this person. But when the person walked away, he turned to his disciples who wanted to hear what he had to say. Well, let me explain to you what went on. He didn't go to the rich young ruler and say, wait, come back. (laughs) He said, okay, you, you turned me down. Right. You chose money over me. Okay, guys. This is why he chose money over me. Yeah. And so it freed me up, Corey, that I don't have to control anyone. I don't have to control adult kids. I don't have to control friends. What I need to do is say, here's the truth as I see it. If you want to interact with it, let's keep talking. If you say, no, that's crazy or I'm of the devil. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Go, go, go read somebody else's books. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to chase them around quoting. I'm not going to chase them around preaching. I've just felt the freedom because it's what Jesus does. It's what God does is here's what I believe to be true. Yeah. And if you, if that makes you angry, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, um, a Rorschach test for me was Jesus in Matthew seven, six, when he said, do not give what is holy to dogs. Or cast your pearl before swine. Right. Or else they'll turn and tear you to pieces. I got to admit, Corey, I always, for decades, I think I read it saying, no, no. Yeah. He didn't really, Jesus wouldn't talk that way. Right. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't until I got this, that he accepted there are toxic people. Yeah. That's not a Greek word. So the Bible doesn't use that language. Right. But examples he does and his freedom to walk away, he's telling his disciples You've got a great message, a life-giving message of love. Some people won't receive it as love. Instead of letting them tear you to pieces, be more judicious. Don't go there. If yeah. You know what's going to happen. If I walk into some places and start preaching truth out of love, they will hate me for it. Right. And and I think Jesus there has given me permission. I don't have to do that. I don't have to play that game. Uh, yeah, because I think too often don't we get caught in this whole idea of, well, I'm supposed to still love, which means I'm supposed to open myself up to constantly getting pummeled. Yes. Right? And and in reality, <laughs> maybe not. You know, I can still love them from afar, <laughs> that they don't have to, tr- you know, if they're going to treat me poorly, I don't have to constantly subject myself to their treating. A great analogy that might help very good-hearted people. A lot of people, I think, listen to your podcast, probably want to help others. Yep. They see themselves as a lifesaver. They have something they want to share with others, not to control others, not to find their way to heaven or to get a notch on their belt, but because they really care about people. Yeah. So one of the lessons that they teach lifeguards in around water is self-defense. Yep. And the reason is that when you're trying to save a drowning person, they may end up drowning you. They yep. panic. They pull you down. And so you have to learn how to defend yourself. If you want to save others, you have to first defend yourself because by definition, if you go down, both of you drown. Right. And this is spiritual lifeguarding where you believe you have something to share of value to others, but you have to defend yourself, not in a selfish way, but if you let two people take pieces out of you all day long (laughs) – there's not going to be anything left of you to give. Right. Your self-confidence is going to be blown, so you don't, you can't speak with confidence. You have no peace. You have no joy. Who wants to listen to someone 
right. devoid of peace, joy, and self-confidence. Right. No, I, I, that's a great, it's funny you should say that because I actually used that very analogy with a client this morning that yeah. she, she keeps getting in situations where, man, they're all pulling her down and she's got to recognize fighting them off is a viable option. Yes. Because if they don't want to be saved, then you can't. You know, right. you're, you're, you're powerless to it. Um, right. If they're especially in that kind of a state. Okay, so moving up the mountain. All right. Um, now we're moving into the world because you're talking about toxic friends, coworkers, where the the walling off, the separating, the I just won't come around your cubicle. I won't come over to your barbecue. You know, some of those are a little easier. At a family gathering, I'll walk into the next room. Right. So. What do you do when you get a little bit closer to home, though, and you're talking about not necessarily immediate family, you know, distant family you can get away from because you only see them once a year and you kind of know going in, all right, I'm going to just try to not catch the family disease as little as possible this time. <laughs> but, but now you're talking about toxic parents, um, toxic kids, toxic, toxic siblings. Um, this, yeah. this is a different animal. Yeah. Well, two examples around the holidays. One, if I'm... If I know there's going to be a toxic relative at a family gathering, I wouldn't want my kids to not be around my parents because of one toxic individual. Okay. But when I see that person exhibiting their toxicity, I would walk away into the next room and find someone to encourage. I'd want to start a healthy conversation, maybe listening to a parent or grandparent, uh, encouraging a nephew or niece. Right. Uh, talking with another couple, I would just say, I'm not going to play your game because some people, they're looking for someone who didn't vote the way they voted, yep. doesn't go to the church they go to, doesn't read the books they read, yep. and they're going to tell you why you're less of a person because of it. And I'm just saying, you know what? I, I'm not here to play that game. <laughs> you enjoy it, but that doesn't mean I have to. I want to have a healthy conversation. So that's right. walking away. Okay. In another instance, it might mean not showing up if it's the parents. I was okay. working with a guy. His parents were both abusive when he was growing up. His dad was physically abusive, drank too much, verbally abusive. His mom was verbally abusive. When he he became a Christian, they laughed at him. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. And he'll admit <laughs> he wanted his faith to hold just to prove his parents wrong. It wasn't the best motivation. <laughs> okay. But it was like, I no way it. are they going to no hey, get it. I, I mean, spite is a legit thing. <laughs> <laughs> So um, when he had his own kids, they realized, you know what, we have a second chance with our grandkids. And so they came to him and said, you know what, when do they get to do a, a sleepover? And he said, they will never be in your house. He said it in, a, in an honoring way. Right. But and and he shouldn't. They weren't. He didn't see improvement. His dad yeah. was still drinking. His dad. was, yeah. And he, they're not going to be around you without me. And then his his dad. I thought you were a Christian. Christian's supposed to forgive. Right. You haven't forgiven. Um, which he was using as a weapon. He didn't yep. care if his son acted like a Christian or not. He was right. trying to use the fact that his son was a Christian to control him, right. to get his son to do what he wanted him to do. And so I think in some instances, it's like, you know what? We have a limited number of Christmases and Thanksgiving together. It's I'm not going to wreck my kid's Thanksgiving out of my guilt that I think I have to honor toxic parents. Right. There are other times you can get together with your parents or maybe you get to together with your parents without your kids. Um, so I, I, I think you have to, with wisdom, apply it. Right. Is this the best holiday for my kids? And if it's not, then I don't think we let our kids be sacrificed because we're guilty. Our parents might think less of us right. if we don't do what they want us to do. Right. Because, again, this whole thing that you're talking about in this work uh, and a lot of the things you've written too, the, it's a framework, right? This isn't a one, two, three here, step by step, because life does not unfold that way. Spiritual life doesn't unfold that way outside of the one step <laughs> of just right. acknowledging, believing. And then, man, there's a lot of different variances of where that goes next for each individual right. person, right? So it's it's looking at this through the lens of, all right, how do I live up to what I need to confront, what I need to call out, what I need to for those that I care about and to those I care about. And then you see, because I, I love the framework. This is what I use, Gary, is this idea of 
when we have to deal with tough situations, we too often, we want to play it all out. I'll do this. They'll do this. I'll do this. They'll do this. And when you're dealing with tough issues, which especially happens with toxic people, um, you're talking about, I'm going to make a move and then I'm going to see what their move is. Yes. And then I'll respond to their move. I don't know what that will be, but right. Cause I don't know what their move will be yet. And so that's the move of, you know what, mom and dad, you're not going to be around my kids without me. Well, what do you mean? Well, that's a a perfect opening to say, let me tell you my rationale. And if they want to hear that, honor it, we might have a possibility. And if they want to dismiss it, there's my answer. Yes. Right. And so I love, let's just break it down and make it a whole lot simpler. (laughs) Yep. What you're saying, Corey, leads right into marriage because when I'm working with a couple and you feel like there might be some real toxic situations, which I think is a very much minority. A lot of issues can be dealt with and repented of and reconciled. But when you think you might be dealing with toxic, there's like, well, is a divorce biblical? And, and I'm like, you know what? You're months away from having to decide that. <laughs> right. The first question is, are you safe? And how do you get safe? Right. Third, second, you know, h- how do we begin to confront the behavior if yep. they're safe? How do you confront the behavior and set up a time? But but people jump to that. Well, yep. if I get divorced, I don't know what I'll do financially. I'm like, oh, no, 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 and no, it no. paralyzes but you. Not, yeah, we're 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 a long way from that. Let's decide what we need to do this week. And and for me, that first question always is, are you in a safe place? And then making sure they are, because you might see signs that they don't see. Right. Um, but then you deal with all the issues. But but I totally agree with you. We tend to jump <laughs> 5 miles down the road. Well, uh, yeah, without Yeah, we do we do that in more than just marriage cuz back to the parents for a second. You get caught up in this whole if I'm in an environment that truly is toxic, yeah. but yet I'm sitting there thinking if I've got a biblical worldview of well I'm supposed to honor my mom and dad, right? And now I can't I, I can't get beyond that. I mean, that's where the, you're talking about controlling, and it is amazing to me, and needs to be talked about more probably, is the idea of how spiritually there can be a controllingness that's used oh, yeah. in their oh, spiritual abuse that takes place. Yes. And it's like, whoa, hold on. You know, that's just the same thing you're railing against, you're doing it. So, yes. Um, but it's recognizing we could get caught up in this. Yeah. But if I stand up to mom and dad, they're going to write me out of the will and I won't, you know, all these kinds of things. And it's like, maybe, (laughs) maybe they won't. I mean, this is earning yourself. I mean, that's, I use this framework with almost everybody I work with Gary, and it's just a, a different terminology. But when I get a client that is stuck and I've said this on the air to a lot on a lot of different episodes. On, I'm not sure what my next move is. To me, my next move is what earns my self respect. Ah, right. Because I love that. That's yeah. what I'm seeking for. Because if I don't yeah. have that, no one else will respect me. Right. Yeah. And and this is a higher level operating. This is a move into my world better and teach people to treat me differently rather than them me trying to get them to treat me differently. Yeah. Right. And so uh, let's stay in the marriage world because you kind of yeah. you teed it up because this is this is kind of the culmination <laughs> of Everest, if you think about it. Um, how do you apply this the concept you're talking about? How do you see it play out in marriage? Because it's a huge deal. Life changed for me. I had spent decades trying to help people keep their marriages together. Listeners may not know sacred marriage. The subtitle is what if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? Right. Not instead of happy. Right. Because we pursue holiness, we actually protect happiness. Absolutely. It does talk about every marriage being difficult in its own way and how there's a divine purpose behind the difficulty in who we become. That we are shaped by the difficulties. Without the difficulties, we wouldn't be shaped into the people that we probably want to be, and certainly that I believe God wants us to be. Right. So it's about not running from the difficulty of marriage, but admitting it. And then lifelong love was about building intimacy together. Um, and so my whole life has been how do we keep marriage together? And then cherish, yep. uh, which is more recent, which I mean, I just, I'm thrilled when I people tell people tell us and it's rare for me to do a marriage weekend 
when I don't have somebody come up to me and say, we are married today because we read yeah. Sacred Marriage. Yeah. Uh, we're still married this year because we heard you speak on Cherish Lash. I mean, I love that. Yep, those are fantastic statements. But in a few cases that I think friends and pastors and counselors need to be more discerning, I would come across a guy that is trashing his wife, terrorizing his wife, controlling his wife, and saying things like, you're just a piece of crap. Only yeah. he wouldn't say crap. Right. I don't, you know. Right. And then it, I, the question just came to me. And it, it could go women to men too. I'm not trying to be. Absolutely. This is not gender specific. Yeah. This is not I'm gender not, specific. I'm not. I, I, I'm acknowledging the men that are married in, in tough situations. But in this case, I'm just saying, why does he want to be married to a woman who's so awful, who's a piece of crap, as he says, that makes him so unhappy. Right. And I realize in a couple occasions, he gets a sick thrill out of terrorizing a woman. And marriage preserves a platform for him to do that. Right. Like nothing else. Right. To save the marriage, quote unquote, I'm saving a platform for a great evil yep. to be launched on this person. And I, it blew my mind. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Uh, because I, I believe as a Christian, when two people are repentant before God, they invite the Lord into their hearts that any marriage can overcome any issue. Absolutely. Terrible things yep. overcome. But when marriage is seen as an opportunity to terrorize someone, right? I think they're taking what is holy right. and using it for evil purposes. And if you have to take that weapon away— I think you should. Yeah. It's like it's a whole nuclear thing. Nuclear energy can heat up a city and it can destroy a nation. Yep. And so it's the same thing where is this being used for good or for evil? If it's being used for evil, we need to treat it that way. Right. Not as if we're attacking the good use by saying it has a potential evil use. Right. And yeah. and I, it, I I like that, Gary, because this is this is one of the things an old an old pastor friend of mine at the church we were at prior, actually did a sermon, and I, I applaud him because he, he tried to tackle the whole concept of divorce, right? And as, as a preacher, that's hard to tackle because oh, you can't come down one— minutes? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, in a short time frame, but it's also one of those, wow, can I come down hard on one side or another because you get into this whole, I'm condoning, right. yeah. or and yes. I love— I, And for whatever reason, I, I sounds like I suffer from some of the same naivete— illness you've had in your life. I've got that in my areas too. That for some reason, his framework of, okay, God's not in favor of divorce. He he wants marriages to survive. He wants them to thrive, but he's also not in favor of bad marriages. Right. So it's like, which bad do you want? Right. It's, I mean, that kind of a good way to frame life in some regards of like, hold on, just because I'm gutting it out. That's not more virtue. That's not, yeah, it's not more virtuous necessarily. And, but I do also like that you're touching on, because this is what I see in the framework and how I view a lot of the work I do with clients is we got to rein in our evil. For most of the population, it doesn't run rampant, right? That's not a majority of people. Right. Right. We're capable of it, absolutely. But it doesn't run rampant. But for the times it, does man you got to come at that different you got to come at that strong and the first step just like what you're describing is you got to call evil evil you got to name it right and deal with it head on and so when when you're if you're recognizing that in your marriage what's because again let's do this kind of almost step by step because let's not go all the way down we'll file file the paperwork now no it's not necessarily that right you it, it goes back the same way with parents, if we go back to that, but mm-hmm. we'll stay with marriage. You honor your mother and father by treating them as if they're healthy, right? Because right? if if my son called me and said, Dad, for the sake of my marriage, I really can't come over for Christmas, it would break my heart, right. but I'd be proud of him. You're being a good husband. You're putting your wife first. Right. That's what I want you to do. So I would affirm it. And so if a parent or a spouse responds in an unhealthy way to healthy decisions – that's on them, not on you. So I think in a marriage, I just say, I'm not going to play the toxic game anymore. I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to have conflict in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm not going to engage in toxic sex. Yeah, I'll, I'll do healthy expressions. I'm not withholding in a malicious way, but just I'm not going to be engaged in in something that's demeaning. Yeah, I'm not going to let you control me. Um, and usually, if the person really is toxic, this isn't always true, Corey. But I think eventually they're going to leave. Yeah, because they need to be toxic. Right. And if you, I'm not playing that now, I am not blaming anyone who's being treated in a toxic way that you're being treated in a toxic way because it's your fault. Um, right. I am. Not, I'm trying got, to present a I got prescription it. for the future. No, I got it. That I, I'm not going to play toxic games anymore. And it, uh, I had one couple. I don't like to recommend separations. Um, but the husband was being so controlling in every way. She couldn't breathe and <laughs> she had divorce papers set up. And here's where I knew there was hope for the marriage. After she had this long litany of how controlling he had been, I turned to the husband and said, and what would you say? And he said, everything she told you is true. Now, I didn't say this out loud, but I, in my head, I thought this marriage might be saved. Yeah, there's, I believe there's with hope. humility yep. and repentance, God can come. And it was. They needed to have a separation. He needed to feel the pain of his decisions. Yep. But he realized um, that it was the issue, and he was willing to work on it. And this is years later. Yeah. They have a great marriage. They have a testimony about it. But yeah. I told him, and he, he said this was the key for him. I told him. You've got to get to the place spiritually where you don't want her to come back until you know she's not going to be treated that way anymore. You care about her so much, you wouldn't want her to return to the marriage she used to have. Right. And that was his goal. Yeah. Okay. It's not about me getting her to come back because that's controlling. Right. I'm not going to prove my repentance to get her to come back. That's controlling. It's I don't want her to ever live in a marriage like she lived in the first five years of our marriage. Yeah. How do I change so that we can have a whole new marriage. Now, if he was a toxic individual who gets a thrill out of controlling a woman, right? He would have stayed separated. Oh He'd yeah, say, I don't get to control her. Yeah, I'm not into this. Yep. So calling out the behavior gives a toxic person a chance to repent of the behavior. If they don't, then I think that's the first clue. You're probably dealing with a toxic person who needs to learn how not to get joy out of being a horrible human being. <laughs> Yeah, because he also wouldn't have answered your question the way he did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he would have gaslit that situation of, yes. I don't know where she's living. That's yeah, yeah. totally, and now she's kind of having to backtrack and justify or question or, oh, maybe I'm right. maybe I'm wrong, you know, and right. man, we can get so sophisticated and underhanded with some yeah. of these things because that, that actually reminds you of, reminds me of one of my clients that was one of the most difficult I've worked with in my career. After a two-hour session, at the end, he literally turned to her and said, I really hope you paid attention. <laughs> and it took everything in me to not come out of my chair after that dude because they were walking out the door. And it's like, oh, no, this is just not. This is another two hours good. if I this say anything. This is just not good. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, oh. But it is one of those that that's the whole then – the next step is what you're looking at, right? Yes. Like, because this is that idea, and I like the framing of this. I'm not going to put up with the to the toxic treatment, because right. it's it's it, the even the sophistication of that wording, Gary, is different than you need to stop treating me in toxic ways, right? Right? Because that's you got no control over that statement. Right. But right. I mean, on lesser degrees, my wife has moved to where she's got so much self respect that if there's something going on. And even if it's just as I'm watching a game and she's not interested, she used to early on, hey, can we watch something else? You know, she's cajoling, manipulating, conniving, bargaining, exchanging everything. Now she's like, I'm really not interested in watching this. And she just walks out and goes to a different part of the house. And it's like, yeah, um, okay, uh, <laughs> dang, now what do I do? You know? <laughs> and sometimes it's like, sweet, I can just watch the show. I'm fine. I watch the game. Or sometimes it's like, no, no, no. I want to hang out with you. And, but it's, it's built yeah. on choice, which is what you're describing, right? That right. The, the great marriages, the great lives are all built on choice. God was built. He built us on choice, right? Because right. if we didn't have a chance to choose him or not, there's no love, right? There's no, right. There's no true intimacy, connection, bond, longing for each other. Yes. Yeah. So there's a situation where I was at a women's conference and 
she felt trapped in her marriage. She said to me, God hates divorce, right? And like, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're quoting scripture there, but, but what's going on? And she had a husband who, uh, heavy into porn, unrepentantly. Yep. Not a guy struggling with porn. Right. A guy thriving. Yeah. I don't, thriving isn't the appropriate word. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and he was demanding five things, all of which he had seen in porn. She said, Gary, I can do four of them. I just can't do the fifth. I, I won't get into the fifth, but it's nothing any woman should feel compelled to do. Right. I would recommend women not, but whatever. And and I think in that situation, you just say, you know, um, I, I, I want to honor my marriage, but I'm not going to let myself be demeaned in yeah. this relationship. Yeah. I want to give to you. I want to receive. It's about mutual pleasure. And that's where she's not deciding to end the marriage. My guess is an unrepentant guy is going to say that I'm bored in this marriage and yeah. I'm out of here yeah. and you're free. But he was still berating her, Corey, yeah. because though she was giving into the four, right now he's obsessed with the five. Yep. And, and it's like you, you can't win that game. And a wife shouldn't feel compelled to. Right. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. Or a husband, for that matter. A husband shouldn't. Uh, I was dealing with a couple where the wife had been unfaithful, had not completely cut off the relationship with the guy. Right. And she had three reasons why she couldn't do that. And I, I just said to her, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I never, as a pastor, I never ask a spouse to share their spouse with someone else. You, you got to tell me if you're done with this, because if you're not, my counsel is going to be very different for this person. Absolutely. I'm just, just going to tell you, I'm going to tell them what I tell them based on what you tell me now. Are you done with this or not? And, and, and that's where I, I don't think we ask spouses to put up with toxic behavior. You confront the behavior and then I love your, what you said, then you take the next step, but let's not jump ahead. Right. That's, that gets confusing. Yeah. Cause this is also still, uh, even with the terminology of, you know what I cannot, or I don't even like the word cannot because that even takes a little bit of the onus of there's something external making me not make my choice. I love what's the solidest way I can own what's going on with what I choose in life, right? And so even coming at those the situations with, I will not participate in this fifth thing, in your example, because I can't do it. I'm not going to do it in a self-respecting way. Right. right? She would feel destroyed. I love that self-respect. Right. It, 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 it goes against me because we all have thresholds, and some of them we can come pretty close to and yes. still hold on to ourselves pretty well. But the ones right. where we cross it, and then we blame other people. I also have to recognize I chose to cross it. And so yes. self-respect makes makes me start to really refine who I am yeah. and move yeah. forward into life better. And I mean, to use the two terminologies we've got of to then become more holy, like sacred marriage has, or to grow up like naked marriage has in my side. But it's the it's this concept of of seeing it as there's a process going on of, of human development, right? Of, of character exactly. and wisdom being, being earned, being created, being developed in this thing. And when I can look yeah. at it that way, I think what you're talking about here with when to walk away, if I just take the step, the step I hear back on what I need to do next kind of helps point the direction I need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just the freedom that I can do that. Yeah. I don't have to participate in toxic behavior. I can walk away. It's healthy to walk away. Yeah. Uh, and and for me, uh, just as a believer, to walk away is to walk toward my God who will meet all of my needs in Christ Jesus. So right. I might Amen. lose the relationship. Yeah. I might lose the job. I might lose the friendship. But I'm gaining even more by walking in obedience. Right. And then the other side of it, too, still— is by my stepping away, I might actually gain the relationship I was looking for all along with that yes. same person yes. because they yes. step up their game. And now yes. we got two full functioning human beings involved yes. or better yeah. functioning. Let's go with that phrase. I don't know if full yeah. functioning works, but you know. <laughs> well, Gary, uh, thank you so much for the time and for the work, man. You, you put out some good stuff that... Uh, it's worth people checking out. So tell tell the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation, how can they find you? Because I, I 
fully recommend everything you've written. So yeah, the easiest way is through my website, GaryThomas.com. It's GaryThomas.com. That's got the Twitter handles, the Facebook handles, the Instagram handles. Is there, there's a blog on marriage. Try to post about once a week. Um, and they get information about all the books, including sacred marriage and when to walk away. Perfect. There's a book tab there. They just go down there and everything's right there. Pretty simple to find. So Gary, thank you so much and blessings on the continued work that you do. Thank you, Corey. So uh, this is one of those conversations, Pam, that, uh, whenever I have a guest that comes on, uh, we do a lot of prelim before the air, mm-hmm. you know, off air before I hit record. Mm-hmm. And man, I so wish I would have hit record right when we got on the call with each other because it was really good conversation just talking about our similar paths, but different. Right. Um, the fan that we now have in Gary Thomas of, of a Sexy Marriage Radio listener, and I cannot thank him enough That's for... Fun being on board and mm-hmm. and doing the work he does uh, to help people. Well, it, it's very insightful. I mean, listening to his conversation in this book and and thinking through it, you know, I never thought through um, in the biblical reference, yeah. Jesus' interaction with people that way. And, and, and just looking at, well, okay, there is a time <laughs> to step back from, yep. from something toxic. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't, I don't just have to grin and bear it right all the time. Right. And, and that's where it's, it's particularly pertinent this holiday season as, as everybody in the few weeks or maybe already have begun the whole process of going to visit family. And, and there's, there's all kinds of things that happen to where it's like, okay, how can I look at this through a new lens? Not that I walk away from my family. I'm not saying no, that. And that's what he's not saying We don't want to encourage either. that. But it's still that element of how do I go into the interactions that I have with all the people in my life with a new lens? Yeah. And then I start to look at the whole dynamic that plays out between us. And what are some things that maybe I've been tolerating that are toxic that I need to address different or Mm -hmm. better or remove myself from those situations Mm -hmm. to start to change the dialogue and the content and how it all unfolds then? Mm -hmm. Because that's what will help create major shifts in your relationship patterns. It's helping you grow up, right? Absolutely it is. And that's the whole thing we want to do here at Sexy Marriage Radio is help you grow up. And so as you go uh, full speed ahead into the holiday season, um, look for the opportunities that you get to grow up, to challenge some things, to to look at things with fresh eyes. That is a great way to look at it, isn't it? When sometimes we look at it totally negative point of view if mm-hmm. i can look at these oppor- these as opportunities to grow up and to be a better person and come from the best in you uh the holidays take on a whole new meaning absolutely they do well you guys take on a whole new meaning to us every time you take some time out of your week to spend it with us and we thank you for that and wherever you are and however you've been listening um we hope that it's impacted you and it makes it a better day and whatever comes next so This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We'll see you next time.